And hello and greetings, everyone. This is Mike Cleveland, and I have a special guest with me today. I get the privilege and the honor of talking with my son, Jeremy Michael Cleveland, today. And Jay Michael, it's so good to see you and be with you. <laughs> Great to be with you too, Dad, or Mike Cleveland. <laughs> We are uh, doing an impromptu discussion here, and uh, I'm excited to be able to talk with you about this. It's, uh, it's interesting, Jeremy, you had an experience here a couple of weeks ago that really has prompted this discussion, um, and I'll let you tell that experience, but let's just start by looking at Hebrews chapter 11. This is a, a chapter highlighting the faith of fallen sinners and how they lived by faith. And so let's just kind of work our way through this and see what God would lay on our hearts to say. So um, you want to start first there and just read as many as you want, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I used to hear about the Hall of Faith and Hebrews 11 and, and, you know, just be inspired by, you know, great men and women of faith. And then um, I, I feel like I started to feel guilty. Mm. because uh, I feel like my name would never, ever be written, you know, in there. And not that I want my name to be written, but, um, you know, and so I, I just feel like as we just prayed right before we started this is no matter where we find ourselves right now, we have to know, we have to understand the great love with which he loved us. Amen. And certainly nothing that we could ever do uh, would be worthy of writing our names in, in any chapter. It's all that he's done for us. Yes. And I just, I, I think about the scripture, come to me. Are you weary? Are you heavy burdened? Or, come mm. to me. And so that, I hope that uh, every person who listens would just have that experience and that we would experience just the love of God together. So, Amen. Okay. Amen. Hebrews 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So we're looking here at uh, people's faith. This is the faith chapter, and what we're seeing here, first of all, is that faith has evidence. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. So faith is not just a blind leap, right? It's not just saying, well, I'm just going to believe that there's a God. Mm -hmm. It's having evidence. And we have the external evidence of the Word of God. We have the internal evidence of the Spirit of God. Uh, we have the historical evidence for the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. So we're simply believing, in a sense, in history. Mm. Uh, but we have the internal evidence of God's Spirit working within us. And the people of old gained a good reputation. And, and Jeremy, you don't think of yourself this way, but I've been privileged to watch your ministry over the years and to see what an amazing reputation that you really do have. And all that tells me is you're walking by faith, hmm. just like these people we're about to read about. Hmm. Yeah. Um, can you tell me briefly about... Uh, your own experience of faith and how you maybe came to faith. We don't need to go too far back. Sure. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the womb. In the womb. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, as, as we're talking about faith, I, I do think about just kind of a bridge over a chasm. 
And you can look at the bridge and you can hope that it's going to hold you up. But I think that faith is just stepping out over the chasm mm-hmm. and you're really, you're putting your faith in that thing. There's got, there's weight to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's with Jesus, it's the same way. There's a desperation in mm-hmm. our faith. It, this has to work. Yeah, He has to hold me up or there's no other plan. There's nothing else for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when people ask me how long, you know, I've, I've known the Lord, I, I remember when I was three years old, every single night, Jesus, you know, come into my heart. Mm. Uh, but many years went by before I really, truly made Jesus the Lord and leader of my life. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, maybe 13, 14 years came about through a, a car accident. Actually, we talked about it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a really terrible event, it seemed, uh, but God really used it to reach me and and pull me to Himself. And just amazing, you know, how that happened. And so, uh, you remember about uh, what was it, ten, eleven years ago? There I was, couldn't walk, couldn't think, couldn't sleep, you know, and using the cane to get around and. Um, I got a job reading my Bible and ministering to students, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So God really just, he had to, <laughs> he had to reach me that way. And so, yeah, I've been. You, you, uh, you, you mentioned the job is reading the Bible. <laughs> yeah. And of course, yeah. faith comes by hearing yeah. or reading, <laughs> mm-hmm. hearing the good news about Christ. Mm-hmm. And so um, as you read your Bible, then God manifested himself to you through the reading of the word. Um, a, a lot of people would say, I have really weak faith, mm. and yet they're not in the word of God where faith is both birthed and grown. Uh, so as you were in that experience in your life of reading the scriptures, faith came to life, right? Yeah, I think about the road to Emmaus, the first time I ever really truly saw it as Jesus is walking with uh, these two people who are downhearted and, and discouraged. And he starts to, to, to show himself, reveal himself, not there in front of them, but through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And he said, there I am in, in the prophets and the Old Testament and yeah. the law. There, there, there I am. And it became this adventure. Every time I opened mm. up the Word of God, I had this massive, you know, it looked like a wizard. I had this huge Bible <laughs> carrying it around camp, uh, that in my, my right hand and a cane in the left hand. Oh, and, wow. And um, just seeking Jesus on every single page of the the Word of God, I mean, it, it came alive to me, and I started to see Jesus in new places, and that for me was what really awakened me to to faith. And um, so you were integral in that, but also, you know, Jesus just revealed Himself on that road. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and I think, too, about what he said is that, you know, didn't the Messiah have to suffer mm. and enter his glory? Mm. So we've got the two parts of the gospel that he revealed to them, his suffering and death and his resurrection and ascension. And um, as we see that everywhere in Scripture, it reaches our hearts. Mm. You know, and this has been my experience, too. Um, so as we look at in the next verse here in Hebrews 11... We come across the first person brought out as living by faith. It says in verse 4, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. So the distinguishing characteristic is the sacrifice, Hmm. the offering. 
Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. So mm-hmm. the, the reality is that Abel was accepted based upon his sacrifice. Cain also brought a sacrifice, but it was one without blood. It was mm-hmm. simply the works of his own hands. Mm-hmm. So we learn right away that faith has to do with the sacrifice, that I can be accepted by God based upon the sacrifice, the offering that I bring. And Cain brought one without blood. Okay, that's like the religion of every other religion in the world, Hmm. is a bloodless sacrifice. Hmm. And Cain was not accepted. Only Jesus' death on our behalf makes us acceptable to God. Mm Yeah, the the first thing that I see there is, oh my goodness, where's Adam and Eve? <laughs> yeah, and you know, to me, that's that's a little bit heartbreaking. But then you see just the 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 restoration of the family too, even through Abel and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, why did God choose blood? Why did He choose sacrifice? I, he could have chosen anything. Yeah. You know, blood is so dear to us. <laughs> I mean, it stays. It the life stays is in the blood in, in in us, right? And um, I just, I, I think that it's such a beautiful thing that that it's 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 deadly to lose your blood. Mm-hmm. And he was sending us signs the whole time, right? The sacrifice the whole time, and you you think about Jesus in heaven, and oh my goodness, the the plan is in motion. You know, even with Abel. You know, the, mm-hmm. the son will be sent and he will bleed for us. Amen. I was listening to a song with my wife, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were kind of in the, a low moment. And um, the song said, we have a God who bleeds mm. and a God who weeps. Amen. And that was right when my wife was bleeding and we were weeping. And the fact that God lowers himself, he created the blood that he mm. would bleed, <laughs> right? It just... Mm-hmm. It is, mm. is beautiful, the sacrifice that he's, he's made for us. So. You, you look at Jesus hanging on a tree. You look at him shedding blood. That is so opposite uh, of fat Buddha or, <laughs> or of, yeah. of any other religious figure who is often distant from his people and he's speaking down mm. at them. Mm-hmm. What do we have? We have a God who bleeds, mm. a God who loves unto death. A God who gave up his son and the son gave up his life Mm. out of love for you. Um, And so one thing that we need to understand is these people we're looking at are all sinners. They had to bring a sacrifice Mm -hmm. in order to be acceptable. And so we understand then, of course, that we ourselves have, uh, you know, have grown up in sin. This is the way we're born. But God has provided the sacrifice that makes us acceptable Mm. in his sight. I think Abel got this understanding from his father and mother, Cain, um, Adam and Eve, right? Because he he watched, he heard that God put to death Mm. an animal and clothed his parents with that. So this is where he got it. But um, talk to me a little bit, since we're talking about blood, Right here, this experience you mentioned that you happened, it's been a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just share what what that was about? 
Yeah, so me and my wife, we, uh, your daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, are pregnant and so excited to have our first child. Amen. And, uh, we had been counting down the days to go public, and um, of course, we wanted our, our youth group, our students, and our leaders to know, um, and so we had planned out to a T how we would reveal that we were pregnant, and um, the minute uh, that we were going to reveal uh, I was talking about praise uh, to the youth group, and um, I called Brittany uh, to the front, and uh, she was in the back, you know, just shaking her head and looking scared, and a leader came up to me and, and said, she cannot come up here, she's bleeding, and um, I had no idea what was going on, right? No, no one really prepares you, at least the first time around, um, hey, you may bleed, you know, you may lose your child. Mm-hmm. And so um, she went to the restroom, um, and uh, there I was, uh, closing out the service. And I really wanted to make sure uh, that the students that go to our youth group see um, that I will praise Jesus. I will praise the Lord even in the storm. I really felt like it was a test. The timing was too peculiar. Yeah, coincidental. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, I, there, there I was, you know, I, I said, Jesus, um, I will praise you even through tears Mm. and, um, you know, finished out the service and and prayed for everybody. And then I ran off Mm -hmm. and I ran to be with her. And, um, she's told me that she is just bleeding, you know, Mm. an excessive amount. Wow. And, um, so, you know, we thought that we were going to lose our child and, Mm -hmm. uh, we go to the ER and, um, we're sitting there in the waiting room. It was, it was strange, uh, because, Typically, the, the hospital is, is full. I mean, just packed out and people in the waiting room, and there was not a single person there. And we're sitting there, and she's still bleeding, and we're praying together. And we said, no matter what comes from this, it will be good, and we will glorify God. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that that would have ever happened or been our, our response if we weren't steeped in the Spirit of God, if we weren't mm-hmm. just <laughs> prayed for and supported and, and in the Word. And um, and so, you know, we were talking last night just about how, um, you know, you're not prepared for situations like this. Mm-hmm. And you think about Hebrews 11, these people who responded with great faith. Mm-hmm. And were they prepared for it? I, I don't know. Yeah. But they had such a sweet sensitivity in their spirit to say, Jesus, whatever comes, Mm. good or bad or blood or tears, Mm. I know that you're in it Mm. because you went before me. You showed me a a God-honoring response there on the cross. Mm. And you think about just the, the strength of spirit that Jesus showed us all when he's on the cross and, and, and I know I stubbed my toe, I can't even think, but there Jesus is, and he, I mean, he's stabbed in his head with the, the, the crown of thorns, and I mean, there's vinegar, and there's, there's sweat and tears, and he's, he's suffocating, mm. and there he is looking out at the people who have crucified him, and he's saying, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, mm. forgive them. It's such a beautiful, God-honoring response to pain. Amen. And that's what me and my wife have decided. We want our lives to model the cross 
and you you rarely get opportunities of kind of this this influence where you get to say, hey, people are watching, and I want to point people to Jesus. And so in our pain, we said, you know what? We want to point people to Jesus. And if we lose our baby, glory to God, and we will praise him. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> Wow. Um, so you have picked out the name Judah, <laughs> and I am looking right now at Genesis 29, for when Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son, she named him Judah, for she said, now I will praise the Lord. <laughs> now, I assume that you're naming my grandson Judah because you will praise the Lord, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Did you, when you thought about that name, think, oh, even when he might be dying, mm. oh, even when my wife might be bleeding, um, these are, are things you probably... <laughs> Certainly not, no. We picked out the names long before we were even engaged. Years ago, the streets of San Antonio, we, we decided on Judah. We didn't even know the, the, the meaning of the name and um, just how fitting it was as we're talking about praising the Lord mm. through tears, through mm. tears. It's not, it's not a, a happy, smiley, you know, mm. yeah. <laughs> Walmart smile kind of day. It's like, a, man, this is, um, this is painful. Uh, but yeah, certainly we will praise the Lord. Yeah. And, and I think, Jeremy, what we have for a basis for that is that Jesus shed his blood in our place, removing our sin completely from us. And when we see him on the cross and he's literally taking the worst thing I ever did and all the things I ever did and you did onto himself, and suffering under the weight and the penalty of those sins, taking my guilt and shame on himself. It says that he despised the shame. As he was on the cross, he was covered in shame. And that means, then, that you and I are free from it. We are free from the penalty Mm. of our sins. We're free Mm. from guilt and shame. We're free, free, free. Hmm. Uh, And this is the basis upon which we can praise the Lord, whether our circumstances are good or hard or or whatever. In in your experience that night where you found out that Brittany was bleeding and you had to go to the ER, it was actually a time where your youth group, so I haven't mentioned this, Jeremy is one of the pastors at Foundations Church in Loveland, Colorado. And you had a youth group, several hundred kids. And this was a very uniting experience for them, wasn't it? Tell us about what they did as you ran off to the hospital. <laughs> oh, uh, the, the poor kids, they, uh, they could sense that something was wrong. And um, many of the students knew that we were going to be announcing some pretty exciting news that night. Mm. Uh, and so when we did not, and they saw us kind of run, run off to the car and, um, you know, I, I heard that there were tears afterwards and, um, just, just a sweet, gentle spirit fell over our youth group. And they started praying for Brittany and lifting up our, well, they didn't know at the time, yeah. but lifting up, you know, the situation to God. And, um, it, you know, we felt so incredibly just like, smothered Mm. (laughs) with prayer Mm. and there was such a peace that came with that and you know shout out to your local church get involved because Mm -hmm. you'll you'll need them um for Mm -hmm. times like this and Mm -hmm. you know as we're uh, going to the er and just the the hours that followed 
It is so good to know that we have a God who's right there with us. Amen. My pastor says all the time, uh, we serve a God who can take a punch. Mm. <laughs> you know, he is, he is a God and he is um, just fully present, especially, particularly, I think, in those times where we're just crying out, mm. literally crying out to God. And he's there and he hears us. Mm. And um, yeah, he, he's near to the brokenhearted. And so our students, you know, they, they witnessed um, this desperate cry mm. and um, they kind of sat in the suspense of it for about a week, you know, be- before we met again. Mm-hmm. And uh, the following week, we brought Brittany up on stage and um, I actually called every student forward to, to pray and just lay hands on her and uh, gentle hands on her. And um, it was just such a beautiful uniting. It just felt like heaven. <laughs> Every person, same spirit, united, and just lifting up this child, Judah, mm. uh, before the King of Kings. It, it was amazing. And so um, that's one thing I've learned in my life is um, God can use the painful moments, mm-hmm. and um, they can be incredibly uniting. Yes. Yeah. I, I had the privilege of watching that experience where you invited the kids to come up. And you know what impressed me, Jeremy? I watched as these kids ran up there. Yeah. They they wanted to share the love. They wanted to, to reach out their hands and pray for Brittany and pray mm-hmm. for Judah and pray for you. Mm-hmm. And it was like their hearts were fully engaged in wanting to come and seek the King of Kings, the living God on behalf of people who needed him and who were hurting. And uh, it was, to me, a, a most wonderful thing to watch all these kids racing mm. up to the front. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I love that, you know, that God took a, a situation that the enemy meant for evil, and he used it for good in uniting everybody's heart. Um, tell us briefly how Brittany's doing, how Judah's doing. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that night, a couple weeks ago, we got to hear Judah's heartbeat. We didn't know at the time that uh, he was a boy, we do know now, and so uh, just to hear the heart um, after all of that, I mean, that is the sound of resurrection. (laughs) (laughs) You you think you're pulling up to the hospital and and you're about to say goodbye, and um, yeah, that is just God at work, you know, and so we heard the heartbeat and uh, found out that Brittany does have uh, two hemorrhages um, in between her uterus and her placenta. Uh, well, you know, give you all the details, but um, so she's not fully out of the woods, but we do believe that she's going to be fine. Uh, Judah still has a very strong heartbeat, mm-hmm. but either way, it's a child of miracle, mm-hmm. and uh, we're thankful for, um, yeah, just God healing Brittany, and um, even though we're still in the middle of it, we know God is good, and no matter mm-hmm. what comes, yeah, uh, we will give glory to God. So. You know, if you think about the difference between reacting in the flesh and living by faith, hmm. in this type of a situation, it would have been, why me? It would have <laughs> been, uh, I'm serving you, how come this is happening? You know, and all the questioning that would go along with, you know, just reacting in the flesh. But see, you are living by faith, just like the people in Hebrews 11. Now, they were sinners, as we are, so we often say, I don't, I don't put me with them. They, they're the heroes of the faith. But every one of them had sin in their life and were not perfect as far as their living out of their faith. But their faith enabled them 
to do things. So it would be said of you, and Jeremy, living by faith, <laughs> responded to a very difficult situation by praising the Lord. By faith and faith alone. Right? Certainly not anything of me. You said yeah. uh, recently to me, you know, instead of us asking the question, why me? Mm. Who's this for? Yeah. I love that. Would you just go off on that? Because that was so strong. Yeah, and it is because the natural reaction in the flesh is, why me? For everything bad that happens, the question comes, you know, what did I do wrong? How can, why me? But what we do by faith is to say, who's this for? Because in 2 Corinthians 1, it says that we comfort others with the comfort we have received. So we have to go through difficult times, very hard and, and bad and severe trials in order to be comforted. But that comfort is to overflow us to other people. Mm-hmm. So learn to have a immediate response to any difficult things that come up that, that goes like this, who's this for, Lord? Mm-hmm. Right. So that we're not saying, why me? We're saying, who for? Yeah. And that's one thing that I think both me and Brittany have prayed is we want our initial reactions to bad circumstances to glorify God. Uh, so you have some time to respond to bad circumstances in a, in a good and God-glorifying way, but rarely do our initial reactions do that, right? Mm-hmm. Back to mm-hmm. stubbing the toe. Yeah. What, what's the first word out of your mouth? Right? The test word, probably. Right, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And so to be able to change how you react to things, I think you've just got to be with Jesus, walking with Jesus every day, every every minute of the day. And certainly uh, there are many days, probably more days than not, that I do not do that and I don't walk uh, the way that I should. But certainly I think it's changed how we pray. Mm. Say, God, <laughs> there's going to be something today Whatever it is, I want my reaction to make you smile, mm, right? I want you to be there with me. Go, go before me because mm. you know the first word that will come out. Yep. Change it, Amen. <laughs> right? And so I'm going to make a pre-choice choice. I'm going to make the determination now that my initial reaction will make other people say, wow, God is at work. Amen. Yeah, um, you led into the next verse, hmm. verse five. You want to read that? Verse yeah. five and six, maybe. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. If you think about what he's somewhat famous for, he walked closely with the Lord. And this is what you were talking about. He, um, it says twice in Genesis that he walked with the Lord and he was no more because God took him. It's the first time it says that. Of course, Adam initially walked with the Lord, but then uh, sinned and the relationship was broken and everything. But now you see in this person called Enoch a close walk with the Lord. For our practical purposes, Jeremy, that means he was hearing from God as he walked along with him. He was speaking to God in a close relationship with him. And so there was an interactive relationship there. And he, by faith, lived out what God said. It's the same thing we do. We hear God in his word. We pray his word back to him. 
We live by the truth of that word. Mm. We latch hold of the promises because every single one of them is yes and amen in Jesus. Yeah. I think sometimes um, we boil down (laughs) faith, I guess, or growth uh, as a time thing. If I could just spend more time Mm. with God or more time in the word, and what happens is we just don't. (laughs) Mm. We don't spend more time and I remember this kind of famous worship pastor, he was traveling and he, he, he uh, had some people asking questions and somebody asked this person a question. They said, you know, you, you've been leading worship for thousands, maybe millions around the world. What is your time with Jesus? Like you mm. must spend all day with mm. Jesus. And he said, you know what? Um, I spend less time with Jesus now than I did when I was younger because God has given me a family and a ministry to steward. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, the time with Jesus is always the best mm. time. It's the best time of my day. Mm. And so for him, it's not quantity necessarily, even though that's not bad. It's quality. And so whatever your best time with God is, I think dive into that more, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, just uh, make sure that it's it's the first fruit of your day, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's in the morning or afternoon or, or evening, right? Just give it to him. Mm. Um, yeah. So, that's good. Yeah. I, I love that because um, it... it it takes, first of all, heart change, right? Because if we don't have a heart change, then we're going to make excuses and we're not going to have an interest in coming close to God because we sense what? I'm sinful, He's holy, and never to the two can meet. But in the person of Jesus Christ and through His death on the cross, the two meet hmm. and are joined together now. And so the cross removed anything that came between us and prevented that relationship. Hmm. But... um as you look at all of these people, Jeremy, and we, we don't have time to go through the whole chapter, but yeah. each one of them did things mm. because of their faith, mm. right? Noah built a boat because of his faith, and they did things that seemed strange. Even as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, my dedication to Christ makes me look like a fool. Um, well, didn't Christ's dedication to us Make him look like a fool. Absolutely. Hanging on a tree, bleeding out, giving up his spirit, wearing thorns, you know, makes him look like a fool. And it was the wisest thing anyone had ever done because it saved the world. And so our dedication to Christ can make us look like fools. Noah building a boat. Um, Abraham going to a land he never had heard about, didn't know anything about, just started taking one step after another. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sarah having a child when she was barren. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all these miracles happen. We started out by talking about the sacrifice. The other aspect of the gospel is the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And how do we see that in if we come down to the end in verse 35? You want to read that? Yeah, women received their loved ones back again from death. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the power of faith. Hmm. It, 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 faith actually, living faith hmm. actually produces miracles. Yeah. And, and this is the great thing about walking closely with the Lord. You get to be a, almost like a standing on the side of the road watching a miracle come by. Hmm. Um, time and time again, so maybe somebody comes to faith in Christ, so they go from the from being dead in their sins to being alive in Christ. What a miracle! Hmm. It's a resurrection. Yeah, um, they begin speaking differently instead of cussing and swearing and anger and all that comes out of the heart that's dead in sin. 
they begin praising the Lord, naming their kids Judah and things <laughs> like that. Uh, so it's just a glorious thing to watch what faith does in the life of somebody, yeah. to watch you in an experience where you might lose your son, mm. lots of blood, praising the Lord mm. and, and declaring his worth. Mm. That's beautiful. I think um, if Judah had died um, and then he came back to life, I think I would have done that, that Lion King, you know, where he kind of holds up his son, the, the little oh, lion, you know, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just an amazing moment. I think that's an everyday experience at that point. It's wow. just, you're celebrating resurrection. I think we like simplify it and, and, and we just don't think of what God has done in our lives as miraculous as it is. Mm. Like we have been, we have, we have died we have died. Mm -hmm. My sin killed me. Yes. <laughs> My flesh, I, I could not breathe. Mm. And yet God somehow chose me and he died for me. And he's given new breath in my lungs. And so I am a walking miracle. Amen. Judah is a <laughs> still a dormant miracle, yeah. right? I mean, what God is doing. So don't, don't think what God is doing in your life, an insignificant thing. God foresaw mm. you before you were even born. And he saw your condition and he said, I love you with a burning passion mm. that moved him so deeply off of the throne of heaven to come to earth for you. Amen. So stop going to the store and, and, and not telling anybody about the, about, about the miracle that God has done in your life. Stop mm. driving just sad and depressed as if God hasn't died for you. Amen. And I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. to myself. God is a miracle working God. Mm. And yeah, Judah is alive right now, but uh, I, I see resurrection everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's resurrection across the table from me right now. Dad, mm. I tell people all the time, you were dead. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you guys don't know. He was a bad man. Yes. <laughs> and Amen. certainly now you have been made alive yeah. with Christ. Amen. And um, so, yeah. You led into the rest of verse 35. Okay, because you mm -hmm. said, what if Judah had died? Mm -hmm. Okay, because we talk about, wow, faith made them get their uh, loved ones back from the dead. Mm. But it goes on to say in verse 35, but others were tortured. I'm not sure I understand. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Mm. In other words, you could go free here. All you have to do is deny Christ. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Hmm. Some were sawed in half. This is brutal. Others were killed with a sword. Um, but again, what do you see? Their faith taking them to the end, right? Instead of their faith enabling them to do something, you know, miraculous, their faith is keeping them in Christ until they breathe their last breath. What is it that would enable somebody to be sawn in two or stoned hmm. to death or killed by a sword or have their backs ripped open, torn open with whips? It's because they had learned to fix your eyes on Jesus. Hmm. And what happened to Jesus? His back was cut open with whips. Hmm. He, he died in this horrific way. And as you fix your eyes on what he went through, and specifically you see him, John 13, verse 1, he loved them to the end. Hmm. 
He was faithful to the end. Yeah. And as you think about Jesus going that far, sinking that low mm. for you, it enables you to endure mm. anything mm. and still praise the Lord. Yeah. And this is what you and Brittany are doing, and I'm proud of you. Mm. I know it's faith. I know that it's God-given faith. But as I see you persevere and continue to praise the Lord through difficulties like this, it just makes me say, there's, there's my son. <laughs> and, uh, you know, thankfully, Jeremy, um, we are enabled to live by faith. Hmm. We will have failure. Of course, we do. We still do. We still fail, stumble in many ways. But uh, because Jesus died for us, he's not going to give us up when we fail. Hmm. Uh, he paid too much. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as you think about other people going through trials, maybe it, it, it wasn't as severe as what you faced with a wife bleeding, which that's just hard to even think about. But mm. as you think about other people um, struggling, going through all the issues of life that they go through, what words of encouragement would you have for somebody who might really be enduring a struggle right now? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone is either struggling or about to struggle or yeah. just came out of a struggle. So it's it's a universal human experience. Um, I think that the more that you look at Jesus, the more you magnify Jesus in your life, no matter what you're encountering in your day-to-day -day life, uh, the, the, the more um, that your issues and problems will start to minimize. Um, you know, the world likes to maximize our problems so they can make a profit on them. Right. right. Uh, but as we look to Jesus truly, I mean, he becomes the center of your attention and you see a God who's just right there with you. Mm. And um, the fact that God can turn all things for good for those who love him, mm. that is just amazing. And, and um, so, yeah, I would say just turn your eyes to Jesus. Um I love to uh, find the, the stories in Scripture where God just brings peace, right? Mm. And so go on a little treasure hunt mm. in your Bible and find places where He just gave His people victory. You know, I think about in 1 Samuel where the people are all assembled at this weird place called Mizpah, and they've got uh, no hope against the enemy that's coming to ambush them, and God fights their battle for them and defeats the enemy and brings peace, and they mm. praise God. Amen. And so... Um, yeah, so, so find those little moments, fix your eyes on Jesus. And I guess thirdly, um, I think you need to stop and celebrate every once in a while. Mm. I think we move too quickly <laughs> from victory to victory and we just lose hope and we don't celebrate like we should, I don't think. And so, you know, even the last few days that you guys have been here in Colorado with us, we, uh, we just celebrate. We mm -hmm. just, we're just, we're cheerful, you know, and even yeah. though things are not all as they should be, <laughs> We are just rejoicing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, just, just take a moment and just breathe and just understand that God is for you. The God, the God of the universe, King of kings, Lord of lords, He is for you. He, mm. he believes in you with mm. His blood. I mean, He's purchased you. Amen. And so if He's for you, who can be against you? Mm. Or if there are some against you, then, man, they, they won't last long, right? Amen. So pause and celebrate. Pause and celebrate. First Corinthians 5, right? Celebrate the festival. Mm. In other words, that's the definition of the Christian life. It's a celebration mm. of the festival. For Christ, our Passover lamb has been slain. 
for us. And now we enter into this celebration of the festival, freedom out of the slavery of sin, um, satisfaction by feeding on the, the lamb that was slain, being set free, um, going out of slavery. Uh, all of this happens as you, as Jeremy said, fix your eyes on Jesus. Second uh, Chronicles 20, where the big army came against Jehoshaphat, and he said, we don't know what to do, this army's huge, but our eyes are on you. Hmm. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Hmm. Jeremy, thank you for joining in this podcast. Hmm. I hope our listeners will pray for you and Brittany and my grandson, Judah, and we will look forward to talking with you again. Sounds great.